Hi, I'm Stu, and this is my hetero life mate, Magic Mike, and you're listening to Kevin Smith's season on the Films and Swearer Movie Podcast. Snooch! Hello and welcome to episode 246 of the Films and Swearing Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Sutherland, and joining me tonight is the Magic Mike Christie. Yo. And you are listening to Kevin Smith Season, and today we will be discussing Red State from 2011. But before all that, eh, let's have another little film quiz. Yep. Let's go. Do, 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 do. Ah, wait. Oh, aye, the cards are there. Classic comedy. Oh, an action. Oh, you've been doing action. Yep. You know me, I'm all, I always play easy for folk. Okay. Starting with our classical one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we do a film quiz just to kind of warm up. Best of three. Mike wins most of the time because I. Somebody hanging pictures downstairs. Nailing. Downstairs or next door? Since like next door. Yeah. There's nobody next door. No one lives next door. Oh no, this has just turned into like a true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think they've stopped. Yeah. Wherever they're killed, they've nailed them to the wall successfully. Yeah. So, I'm starting with a classical. Woody Allen wrote, directed and starred in which movie that won four Oscars? Motherfucker, eh? Oh. I'm... Gonna have a guess here. I've never, I've never seen any Woody Allen films. Is it Annie Hall. It is. I knew you were gonna fucking it's say it. It's, it's a, the it, most famous one. Exactly. Eh? Yeah, there's a few of them on Netflix. They're now. Yeah. Like stuff like a Midsummer's. It's not a Midsummer's Night Dream. It's a play on that title. Radio Days and something to do with sex. I watched a a box set of his films earlier this year. They're no bad. They're just kind of mostly feel like the same. But Annie Hall was one of them. Yeah. They're kind of interesting to watch once. Yeah, it's not really like the kind of film that I've really been interested to see. Aye. Here, I'll throw a, throw a comedy here. Which 2012 comedy movie is based on a best-selling pregnancy guide? Oh... Uh, motherfucker I could picture the poster I remember what to expect when you're expecting yeah <sighs> I've never seen it no it's just like like those like Valentine's Day New Year's Eve like like those films where it's like it's got a huge cast and yeah so many interlocked stories. Ah, yeah, stories. Exactly. Huge ensemble casts. Bunch of famous faces. I think I actually saw it. I think Margaret wanted to see it. Yeah. It might have been when we were expecting Cameron. But it probably wasn't any other reason for me to go. Just to, like, don't think I'm going to see any celebrity vage in this one. <laughs> not, not that type of film. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> No, me, it'd end up being fucking Melissa McCarthy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, I've got to see her, Tammy. No. 
Yeah. A wee moment of silence for that joke. Mm. <laughs> okay. Comedy. Which movie opens with Jennifer Aniston locked in the boot of Jared Butler's car? He's thinking about it. Deep the The Bounty Hunter. Do you remember that one? No, I've never seen it. Yep. Jared Hunter was a bounty hunter and there was... Jared Hunter was a bounty hunter. Jared Butler was the bounty hunter. And yes, now I want to say the bounty butler. <laughs> <laughs> was he hunting Jennifer? Ah, <coughs> uh, she didn't have any friends to help her. So I've, I've had two uh, beers, I'm into like dad joke that's mode. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> Oh, I can only imagine what the more is going to be on top of Kingy's fucking mild racism. Mm. Well, tomorrow's night, uh, your stag duke will be an eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. I might be, like, scared straight with some of the shit that goes down tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be quietly nursing a beer, watching yeah. everything go to fucking, like, go tits up. Yeah. Honestly, I've told several people that I am half expecting your stag night to end... Like fucking Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction having to fucking punch you in the chest with an adrenaline needle to bring you back after ODing on Coke. <laughs> As it might be a quiet night, we might have a few beers, or I might have to fucking bring them back for the dead. I don't know. Knowing my luck, I'm gonna find them ODing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the question. <coughs> a wee um, glimpse into our lives for that second. James Stewart has a fear of heights in which Alfred Hitchcock movie? Vertigo. Yeah. Now just our audience is wondering... Story of my fucking life. Aye. Just wondering, no one ever imagined Magic Mike and Uma Thurman or Magic Mike as Uma Thurman. It's like a comparison that's never been made. With a black wig. Yep. With a wee bloody nose. With your wee white shirt on. Feet porn. With a big... Bingo dabber on your chest. Yeah. Magic marker. Yeah. Yep. Me as John Travolta. <laughs> We're not going to be dancing in a nightclub. Nope. I'm going to be punching the needle. Punching the needle. <laughs> I can have. Sorry. Okay. Last question. Okay. Comedy. To which organisation did the women in Calendar Girls belong? Fucking beating me this week. Dun, dun, dun. Oh man. To which organisation did they belong to? Yeah. Because it was also a group of women, but what? I wouldn't get it, to be honest. It, yeah. No when you hear it, it's like, ah, oh, I guess that makes sense. I have no fucking clue. The Women's Institute. Ah. So. Well, if you want to see Celebrity Vibes, that would have been the film we're going to see, I think. Um, Helen Mirren. Well dated. Yeah. Although, a lot of people still... Tying their loose ends around their legs. (laughs) 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 Just think of like drafty flaps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although I'm pretty sure some people would still pay good money to see Helen Mirren's flaps. 
mics just when I shared the white. Yeah. Oh, you picked up your phone there like you were about to price it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too damn high. Yes. So. Hey, I'll give you this one. If you get this one right, you win with a clean sweep. Clean sweep. Oh my god, man. You know what the worst thing is? What? Last week, this was the last question I had. And I put it in the deck. Right. And now it's back. And which movie is an angel sent to show George Bailey what life would have been like if he had never existed? <sighs> and we're into that time of year. Yes. It is. It's a wonderful life. Ah, oh, motherfucker, clean sweep. Yep. If I was a semi-talented person, I would break out a James Stewart impersonation, but I cannot do it. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to let you suffer. Let me just stroke my cat. The, he is actually stroking a cat. That's not like another Helen Mirren <laughs> thing. <laughs> so oh, it's going a bit grey, as I know. <laughs> Aye. So, <clears throat> on to today's film. Mm. Red State from 2011, written and directed by Kevin Smith. The film stars... Alright, puss. <laughs> Michael Argarano as Travis. Nicholas Braun as Billy Ray. Kyle Gullner as Jared. Matt Jones as Deputy Pete. Stephen Root as Sheriff... How do you pronounce that one? Winding. Uh, Kerry Bish as Sh- Cheyenne. Uh, Ralph Garman as Caleb. Melissa Leo as Sarah. James Parks as Mordecai. Michael Parks as Avon Cooper. Kevin Alejandro as Harry, the tactical agent. John Goodman as Joseph Keenan. And Kevin Pollock as Asak Brooks. Yeah. So, Mike, go and tell me, what is the plot to Kevin Smith's Red State? Um, a group of teens get more than they bargain for when they encounter a group of Christian extremists with a really unhealthy agenda. Yes. Um, I was going to, there's no point asking, like, was this the first time you watched it? We all know when we first watched it. Yeah. Our earliest memory of seeing this film was when we all went to Glasgow mm. to see it, when Kevin Smith brought this one to Scotland and kind of much like what he's doing now, the the, the reboot movie, he's taking the film on tour. So yeah. I remember this was, the, this was the night where it was the Liam Neeson dick joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aye. Because that's it. We had me, you, Andy, and Michelle. Yeah. Seen the I film. think literally it was a park house. Yes, sold it because I'm pretty sure I don't think the film got a re- like a UK cinema release. So this was like your only chance to see it. And I think Andy had bought tickets as like a birthday present for me because mm-hmm. it was in September, I think. Yeah. So I do remember me and Andy getting there hours early and we literally had nothing to do. So to bide the time we went and saw um, Saldana no uh, it was like that fucking 
for, it might have been Zoe Saldana and she had like an action film and it's just her surname uh, and she's like this female hit woman and we watched like the first hour and thought right Red State starting soon we'll just walk out and I just might <laughs> I just mind we paid like full price for the tickets and I was just raging that we had to walk out halfway because we were just that fucking bored we got there far too early and we still wanted to kind of get good seats yeah and we did. We kind of managed to get like that that aisle, so there's no one sitting in front of you. Ah, we're pretty much right at the front. Yeah, I think there's like rows further down, but yeah. Yeah. Aye. So, um, so what did you think of? Well, what do you now think of the film after seeing it a few times? Um, I still quite enjoy it. It's it's definitely a very unique Kevin Smith film. Yes. You know. I definitely in comparison to because everything he done before that was comedy. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's at that point you had all his sort of askew films. He done Zach and Mary make a porno, which I think he expected like that to be the film that fucking shot him to like starred him like yeah. to make uh, Seth Rogen money, mm. and it turned out to be kind of the only Seth Rogen movie that didn't make big. Like fucking super bad or knocked up. Didn't he make that like Judd Apatow yeah. money he was kind of hoping to achieve? And I'm trying to think the order that he'd done it, whether if he did Zack and Mary, then Cop Out, then Red State. Yeah, it might have been. Because it was kind of came to that stage where he stopped being kind of mainstream, and ever since then he's now been back to kind of being this indie filmmaker. Yeah. Doing things off of his own back or getting his films uh, financed in different ways and then distributing them in very different ways. Mm. And, but fucking Red State was just this one that was just so fucking different. Yeah. Like fucking dark and the fact that he brought on like Michael Parks. Cause I think he always spoke of, about like seeing Michael Parks the first time and it was... Him playing, was it the sheriff in Dustal Dawn? Yeah, Aaron McGraw. Mm. It might have been someone else, but I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Smith that says he was enamoured. He wanted to know more about that guy. And he never kind of forgot about him. Mm. So, but, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with this film as well. Because it is, it's like three kids just kind of like, on all the, the dating sites we get now like Tinder and then just finding someone to hook up with and they end up getting fucking drugged and like when you're watching it now the the fucking urgency of like Melissa Leo telling them right finish your beers come on get at least two beers in you and it's like oh you no like people nowadays would probably see that as a red flag going hmm yeah but these boys were just thinking with their dicks yeah so and, like, for the, the cast of this film, man, it's actually got, like, some big names to it. Yeah. Like, and they got Melissa Leo, I think it was either just after or just before she had, like, a, it was, like, award season. I think if it was for, what was it, The Fighter, didn't she play Mark Wahlberg's mum? And she got, like, an Academy uh, Award. Yeah. So it was, like, the same year as that. And then she was starring in Red State, or she'd done Red State prior to it. So it was like, mm. they had some 
big high caliber names and I mean fucking John Goodman so yeah. so it's great to see like there's all these recognizable faces to it but it's just such a like a dark tale of something that's probably not too far fetched yeah like radical preachers and that's it's all kind of yeah because the film opens <laughs> up like kids on the way to school and in their uh, mum's car yeah and aye. they drive by a, a local a funeral procession that's taking place aye, and it's being fucking protested by all the fucking psychopaths at was it Coopersdale yeah and as I'm fascinated I love like this these characters he's created like the Dell family and obviously it's, it's like a tongue-in-cheek approach to like the Felp family isn't it yeah like god hates fags and all this where the it's the posters you see where it's something like uh anal penetration equals the devil mm. and it's just there's a far more tongue-in-cheek take on it and John goodman says it himself whereas oh you're thinking the mark phelps like they're crazy but these guys these are gun nuts so and that is like the edge that they have like that shot of the kid when he's managed to escape his restraints and runs into the fucking storeroom and it's fucking chocked through full of assault rifles and shotguns and like oh no yeah these people are crazy yeah but I kind of love it for that and it's one of these things where the film goes in so fast ah it does that well you pretty much just get the introduction and then you get the scene with her driving to Aye, and the area and stuff. You're, you're convinced these three kids are your main characters. Like This is because it's, it's them like, oh, for the last they hook up with and it's their whole day in school and they're just, they're, they're just obsessed with the thought of, man, what are we going to do? Out for? And they're in gym, they're talking about, they're in this class, they're out in the fucking like, outside at recess and all they're talking about is just getting pussy and like the the big tall one who's dumb it's like oh fucking Billy Ray yeah right redneck looking one exactly with his fucking ponytail and yeah he looks a bit like Billy Ray Cyrus a wee bit aye and he's trying to figure out how they're going to be having sex all at the same time if he's lying down kissing the lady and he's like man this is what happens when people block porn sites kids get all backwards and shit and it, it is it's like that Kevin Smith dialogue again where the kids are all like smarter on a different level but, man, it's just when they've yeah. all had their beers and is it right, go and start stripping off and they all just start getting, it gets blurry. Like, the sound goes and they all just start fucking dropping like flies. Yeah, and the tone just immediately fucking changes. Yeah. But then also, like, slightly before that, though, like, the car. Oh, driving that side swipe, Stephen uh, Root. Stephen Root. Getting fucking, was it, blown by some wet back. Yeah. That fucking that's like a wee like kind of subplot to the film as well. Eh? Yes, ah, and the fucking sheriff and like they obviously they they live with the Dells like they just put up with them, but like they obviously know that they're up to darker things. But it appears the Dells are also watching. Like they must have cameras on their land. Like yeah. when it, the shit hits the fan, and, and the it. kids start trying to escape. There's a gunfight, and then you've got a. Uh, like Badger for Breaking Bad, mm. like talking to Michael Parks, um, it's Aben Cooper, isn't it? Aben, aye. aye, and they're just having like a light-hearted conversation, where like it's it's a tense scene because 
Eamon's just trying to get rid of him, just trying to show him away. And he's and says, that's the car that's caused the accident on the road. Like, oh, it's my granddaughter's. Okay, I'll let you away with it. And he's like, here. Like, they talked about, like, a protest about a dead pope. And it's uh-huh. like, like, you protested like, that dead pope. What's Italy like? And they're just like, oh, you fucking... And mm. it's just the joke that fucking uh, Aben comes away with. It's like, well, it's full of Italians. And they just go, ah, oh, right, okay. I've outstayed my welcome. I'll go now. And that's when all the fucking gunfire yeah. goes off. And they fucking blow away Badger. Yeah. Like, shotgun to the stomach. And it's just when Avon picks up the fucking radio, because obviously you've got Stephen Root in the police station freaking out, screaming like, Pete! Pete! What's happening? And then it's like, is that the, like the queer sheriff? And, I know. Like, or sheriff fucking, queer? And I the, love like, the way that Michael Parks delivers his lines in this film. He is fucking brilliant in this film. Like, lines like, uh, like, fear God. You better believe I fear God. And uh, just the way he fucking talks about, talks to Stephen Root on the radio. Yeah. Like, I, this, is it Sheriff Queer that he cries him? Uh, and he just like, fucking talking about sodomized and wet backs. And yeah. he says, what if I showed your wife those images of you wiping feces off your scrotum after you've had your way with a wet back? And it's just like, more or less tell him you'll no fucking tell anyone about what's happening, mm. you big queer, or we'll just fucking out you. And they're just like, oh, fucking hell. And Stephen Root's wailing and greeting because, yes, he's just got this fucking, this dark secret that he's yeah. he's been caught out on. And he's fucking petrified. He's looking at that photo of his wife. And he takes out the fucking gun. And he's like, oh, no. And it's it's just, it's like that moment where he's like, oh, fuck, didn't he? Didn't he kill yourself? And he just obviously realises... Like, he sees, it like, a telephone number on the wall or something. That just makes him think of, like, the West Branch. Like, yeah. uh, fucking John Goodman's team. But uh, ATF. Aye. But, I mean, like, 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 with the whole tone and stuff, like, once the kids get drugged and, um... Um... Oh, who's the one that ends up in the cage? Um, it is... It's, is it Jared? Yeah. Ah, it's Aye. Yeah, because Billy Ray, Billy Ray and, and Travis, Travis are Aye. fucking all wrapped in like cling film or something downstairs. Yeah. And obviously, it's the fact that like he's in this thing and he can just hear like this all this cage like, that's like, covered with like, a blanket, fucking, like like church like hymns. Yes, getting sung, and then some <coughs> pair of bastards fucking strapped across. Aye, like, like wrapped. In what was it? It was just like some on. random homosexual or something. Mm. And it's just the way they do it, where they just cover his face. And cling film and shoot him in the head. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell. And it just, obviously, it just, I guess it stops the fucking blood spray. It's just... Yeah, it's actually quite clever. Mm-hmm. And how they do it. Aye. And it's like, the, the ceremony that fucking Aben does is so family friendly. It's just the fact that the, cr- the cross is covered in the background. And then when all the kids are waved away, pulls the sheet down and there he is. Fucking all tied up. And it's just his family, and that's all it is. Just it's all like, and again, if it's just his family, then it's like a group of believers because there's a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, it's like a cult almost. Eh? Yeah, totally. And one of the guys at the back made me think it was like Sid Haig. Like one of them, there's like a it, it wasn't. I'm gonna end up looking it up because I would have been surprised if he had a bigger part. Mm. But 
it was like a dude with like a shaggy black beard and he kind of had the same face that made me think of the dude for the Rob Zombie films right. but um, like I think it wasn't until I I think I rewatched it <coughs> last year as well just because I hadn't watched it in a while mm-hmm. and I didn't realise that fucking Ralph Garman played Caleb yes. uh, aye this the silent role mm. is because that was it. It was like the just one of like like Eamon must be like his father-in-law or something. Mm. But he would, he looked like quite a menacing character. Mm. The fact that he was silent was one thing, but the way he kind of carried himself kind of like had like a military. He was kind of dressed like some sort of military type character. Yeah. But promptly fucking shot down by Billy Ray. Yeah. But it was such a like a brilliant shot because he was freaking out, holding, like, Billy Ray holding the machine gun, waiting for him to open the door. And I was thinking, I think, has he cocked it? I kind of thought, waiting for him to click. I know, jam or something. Aye. But as soon as the fucking door opens, he fucking shoots him in the head. And you're like, Instantly. Fuck! And of course, he just, in his reaction, just sprays Caleb with bullets. Mm. And it just sets off, because it, well, it was like, Caleb and Melissa, well, Ralph Garman and Melissa Leo, were like a couple, wasn't yeah. it? And it just the fact that it kind of turns into another ceremony where it's like a not like a funeral for him, but they've got him draped across the stairs, and the family's yeah. crying, and they've got Jared strapped to the cross now, and it's just fucked up because you think the kids have got a chance at first. Like Travis manages to break out, like when they go back down and they find the body of Billy Ray. Fucking uh, Travis is lying beside him dead as well, and I, <laughs> I always have a double take and going, how'd I, like I went and put the kettle on like a second there, but I could have sworn no one got fucking killed in the time it took me to walk to the kitchen and back, but it's just this clever thing that Travis obviously thought of just playing dead, let them assume that you're dead, and when they leave, hop up, grab a gun, and make your way out there, but. Yeah. The boy just like at first I kinda thought he was gonna spray them with bullets. Yeah. Yeah, soon, but as soon as he sees Jared strapped to the cross, he feels like he, he can't touch them just in case I guess he hits his power straight bullet. Yeah. And then also it's just with the whole chase sequence and he's absolutely sprinting like fuck it's Yeah. Thing. And he's also thinking that he's free, then all of a sudden he just gets fucking shot. Aye. And then the camera just veers air all the fucking fence and it's uh, John Goodman and his team. Aye, and it, it's and, fucking Stephen Root that's fired the shot. fucking mental. And it's honestly like, I, I love the way that John, uh, John Goodman just berates him. Aye. Takes the rifle off him and pushes him back against the camera. Goes to try and open the door, he fucking stumbles. It, that had to be like a legit take. It just looked so quick with somebody trying to get back up as if it didn't happen. The look yeah. on him... As he fell, it was brilliant. But I loved the whole introduction to to John Goodman's character, Keenan, where it was just like a phone call in the middle of the night. And he kind of talks, he realises, oh, this is working, sits up, immediately pulls out a smoke, lights. And he just he's like in work mode. He just starts offloading all his exposition where he talks about, oh, yeah, we've got them on like things about gun charges or their important weapons. And they were just talking shop for like two minutes, sat on the edge of his bed, smoking a fag. And cuts to him like that morning where he's still talking with his wee Bluetooth on. 
giving you all his exposition and he's got his wife in the background making his breakfast and you're like fuck okay these are crazy gun people and it's like they've been waiting for their chance to get them but I love the fact that he was accompanied with uh, Kevin Pollock yeah like if they had fucking Billy Crystal it could have been like this Monsters Inc. reunion that you'd, <sighs> you would never imagine because just when they're standing beside each other looking at the, the fucking Cooper's Dale they're just the height difference between John Goodman and Kevin Pollock. I just imagine fucking Mike and Scully just going, eh, this is the monster thing do. But isn't he? Kevin Pollock was in it. But it's just when they fucking kill Kevin Pollock, though. Ah, just right away, yeah. Aye, it just makes a fucking joke. Like, where John Goodman's character, Keenan, does his wee speech with the right, we're here, we want to do a warrant, blah, blah, blah. I repeat, blah, blah, blah. And Pollock's like, you know what? I think you really nail it when you say repeat. Like just this wee sarcastic wee joke. Just just a bit of banter with his pal and it turns on shot in the pus. Mm. And they're like, holy shit! And John Goodman's fucking, like, he's always brilliant in films. Aye. But this one is like, I think he's got a little bit more to play with. He's quite, like, it's like he's almost like conflicted a wee bit. Oh, I with the dilemma, the situation that they get put yeah. in, fucking definitely, and I forget there's like that much to this film. You just think it's just a bunch of crazy hillbillies and crazy church people, but you forget the side that the the police force, the task that they're given is the right. Yeah. It's a terrorist cell, and they're making bombs and they're going to bomb them all and all this, and you fucking killed them all, and he's just like, no. And he's having like that argument on the phone yeah. where, what was it, someone's like, it was supposed to be like a simple operation or something, it's like, simple, simple, and he just holds the phone over the gunfire, like, simple just shit itself, and it's like, oh, fucking John Goodman, oh, he's fucking good, and it is, like, it's just the fact that it was, it was like a more serious character for him to play, but Still, it looked like it, it would it would have been a lot of fun to play that character. It was the fact that he's sitting trying to argue with the fuck on the phone about them trying to make it not a big deal. Yeah. This is well, there's not a local news station for a hundred miles. The newspaper only prints once a week, so like nobody's gonna give a fuck about what's happening here. And they're no taking serious. It's like I've got fucking Kevin Pollock's fucking skull, part of his fucking skull jammed in my leg because he got shot in the face. Like, shrapnel, what's called, like, this is a fucking, like, you need fucking backup now. But, aye, the fucking dilemma they get given. I know. It's a shitty hand to be dealt. It's kind of like, it kind of makes you think about, like, people with their, um, like, uh, conspiracy theories about, yeah. like, 9-11 and shit like that. Like, was, was that shit intentional and all that? Mm-hmm. You know? Aye, and... That's, I mean, what about the characters in, like, Cooper's Dale, like, Eben's family? Because yeah. you've got uh, James Parks playing, uh, I think it was Mordecai. Aye, Mordecai, yeah. So, and I think that was just, like, another one of, like, Eben's sons. Mm. Because, well, that's, I think, Melissa Leo was one of his daughters. Yeah. And I guess James Park was one of his sons. Yeah. But it was just how they they were all trained, like every one of them just fucking 
picked up a weapon and, and started unleashing hell. Exactly. Nobody was conflicted. Other than Cheyenne. Yeah, she had like a kind of... She grew like, like the a babies. Sort of Aye, she was so fucking worried about the children and wanted to get them out. And it was when she runs out the back and like one of the SWAT team pins her down. I kept assuming that she was going to catch him off guard, pull a gun out the back of her shorts and fucking shoot him Aye. in the face. But it doesn't play it that way. She is actually being genuine. She is Aye. just in fear of the life of her fucking siblings and all the children. But it's just when fucking Melissa Leo walks out and just... Well, actually, the fucking SWAT guy himself needs to find an excuse for him to actually fucking shoot her. Like, he pulls out the fucking wee pistol from his sock. Yeah. Puts it in her hand, fires six shots off into the distance. I I can't justify cause for him now shooting her because she fired a weapon at him. Yeah. And I can just to make it easier for him to fucking shoot her, but also to have like a like an airtight alibi. Mm. So, and it is just like how all these cops are kind of, I don't know, it's like this, this isn't maybe not the first time they've had to have like an alibi. Mm. The fact that it's a right, well, this is the case. Actually, the only one I really didn't want to date was, uh, was it Harry's name? Yeah. Ah, he was like, that's fucking bullshit. And I'd love it, like, when they were telling the news to John Goodman, and he was like, I'm, I'm going to need something in writing. He said, no, sir, your word isn't enough. I need a text or an email that me and my men will be protected for this. Because, like, well, that's it, like, careers could be over, the fact that if they found out what happened, the fact that you've just murdered women and children and these fucking gun nuts. Yeah. Just because... It's, again, it's like an excuse they've been waiting for. But aye, it's always a shock to find it like the three kids in this film are all promptly killed. I also say it's not so quick, but it's just the last ones, it's like Jared and Cheyenne. Yeah. When they're trying to make a break for it. Like when it's like they kind of team together and they come out the front and. Just one of the agents. They run into. Is it not? Ah, they're running into Keenan. And I and he's kind of conflicted to tell him, get back. And is it not just Harry walks over and just fucking offs both of them? Ah. Like, shot in the face. And it just... It's just like, fucking hell. I it's know, just it's fucking... It's grim. Mental. Aye. And then it, you just get that face-off with um, Avon Cooper and Keenan. Like, when yeah. they come running into each other because that's when like the horns start going off because like they aye, all because like they're, they're, they're like in a, like their basements aye thing, like, a, like a shelter it's almost like an artillery basement exactly and then it's like the horns and it's something like where they're not expecting like the the horsemen of the apocalypse it's something like this, this these horns go off and like oh judgment day and they're all fucking yes they're all fucking I still cheering to the congregation my, like reactions and my expectations when that scene kicked off I mm. was expecting something absolutely fucking bonkers to happen. Aye, like I was expecting some like scanners, like heads start blowing off on shoulders and just uh, I was and just, I was completely expecting something absolutely fucking off the wall, just aye. ridiculous. Uh, exactly, I think Kevin Smith said if he had like a big luscious budget to make it with he would actually have had like a big cg scene with like um loki and 
uh, Bart will be coming down on horses and he's like in the perfect world it'll be Ben and Matt <laughs> coming down to unleash hell but the way they kind of switch it up mm. like Christians and all like, like they fully believe what they're doing is like that like, Aye, what God, God would want that. them to do and like like you see um, like Melissa Leo talking about like like she doesn't want to be here anymore and she wants to be in heaven with fucking Caleb and all that and Jesus and yeah mm-hmm. but it's just oh it's just fucking like the way that Michael Parks goes about doing his wee walks and the way he talks like during like, the last few minutes where he's like walking about aye like he's fucking excited it's like Christmas mm. day he's fucking lit and it's when he goes outside and you've got uh, Kieran run over and was like I'm tired of this shit preacher and he's just ready to fucking batter him and he's fucking you can't even it's like water off a duck's back for Michael Parks like even Cooper's fucking singing and dancing he's so happy he's like he's like you are all fucked now this is it end of days we're off to heaven you are fucked and then it just cuts to like a boardroom. Yeah. And like, what? And it's just like Keenan in front of the fucking panel. And it's like, how did you subdue? I then subdued the subject with a, a headbutt. It's like, a headbutt? And it's like, yep. <laughs> was, uh, what was it? Uncomfortably close. Yes. And he was in my personal space. I would have actually loved to have seen that as well. But it was at that fucking point, my Blu-ray started acting up last night. Uh, Did it? Did did, it? Because I just thought... Because it cuts to, like, two guys sitting behind the desk and they weren't moving. I was like... I just heard my PlayStation going... I was like, man. And I looked at their fucking marks on the edge of my Blu-ray. So, like, the last ten minutes of the film's kind of fucked... I have to sit for like two minutes and watch it stutter, then it comes back on, and <laughs> you get Keenan telling the story, like about how it's the kids on the neighbouring farm buying an old horn from the fucking fire department and hooking yeah. up to an iPod to give off the impression of the fucking horns. So it's like fucking a daft coincidence that happened there yeah, and then. Yeah, they knew that they were there either. Exactly. And then it turns out they're all fucking growing pot or something and they've all been lifted, they're being booked now and it's like, we'll probably let them off with it because it helped us fucking get the Coopers. But it's, it's the fact that um, he, he, he gets promoted as well. He gets suspended for a week without yep. pay. So Aye. that means he still keeps his job and all that. It's almost like he was fully willing to fucking accept being fired for... Yeah. Obviously, this will, this will be the direct order and stuff. Aye. Thing is, it's it's weird there. Like, like it would be really fucking hard being in that kind of like situation. Like, if you're getting told be like you're commanding, like, like that is what you have to do. Yeah. And you know that it's it's the complete wrong thing to do. What the fuck do you do? Aye, exactly. Like, if you do it, then you're gonna be having to live with that for the rest of your life. Like, question that decision probably daily. Yeah. And just fucking becoming depressed. Or fucking doing it, and then losing your job probably. But mm. like in the case of this fucking film, kind of just got suspended with pay. But I like the story he tells where he talks about what was it? it was like it was his dad or his granddad that had like two greyhounds, 
they're best friends and then uh, when he puts the turkey leg between them it was as if they didn't never knew each other and they just fucking attacked each other and like it was some story I can't remember how that story related to the situation he was in mm. but and then it and then it cuts to old Aaron and preacher in the cell yeah sitting singing a wee song and eventually getting told to shut the fuck up yeah I do like Red State. It's just so fucking different. And Michael Parks is fucking stellar in it. Aye. Like, it's, like he is the one that absolutely like, steals the film. Totally. And yeah, see, probably just because he gets a lot more choice dialogue, but Kieran is like a close second. Well, yeah. John Goodman. But. Um, but like, the thing is, like, like I. I still didn't understand how that like this film falls into folk it like a horror film and stuff like that because mm-hmm. maybe no really any like kind of, like straightforward like horror like plot points or anything or any no like that dude being murdered at the start well in like the second act in the church like if it was kind of more of that sense of they were. Like you got to see them executing people. Yeah. Like that would be sure scenes of terror. And maybe like when you've seen the kids running about the basement trying to escape, that does come across. Mm. But it's it's like suspense and mm. like a thriller. Uh, but it it was definitely advertised as a horror. Yeah. So it's not like an out and out fucking body horror, which like Tusk turned out to be, but Yeah. But that was his next film anyway. I think it was, aye, because he, there was like at the time he said he gave gave up filmmaking, and it wasn't until Tusk kind of brought him back. That and a lot of weed, but but I I think I'm all out of notes. I can't actually tell you what the runtime of this one was. I never ended like, up checking it. It's like eight to eighty five minutes, so it's pretty quick. Like you're saying, it moves really really quick. Yeah, because you just forget about it. Um, when Kieran confronts Aben and it just cuts away yeah. to a boardroom because you was still it, think you've got all this film left. Yeah, because the boardroom bit goes on <coughs> for maybe, a, maybe about 10 minutes or so. Yes, it's definitely longer than expected. Like When it cuts to them, you just think, oh, the film's finished. And you, they're just more, more yeah. John Goodman. Yeah, what the... Is that a BBT? Yeah. Um, what do you think his budget for this one was? I think it was maybe about six million again. Uh, four million. Four million. So it was cheaper than Morats. Yeah. Now. Got domestic and foreign for this one. Yeah, I was going to say it. It was. It'd be interesting. I couldn't tell you if it made its money back because he 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 released it in a strange. He distributed the film himself. Yeah. Um. Did it make its money back? Uh, domestically, it only pulled in one point one million. Right. And the foreign market only took in seven hundred thousand. Aye. So it made less than what it was budgeted for. It's strange because that's the way he does these shows. I think if they're actually being recorded as like box office takings, yeah. Because he sold out like arenas around America and big concert halls showing this movie, but. I guess that again, the the price of that ticket wasn't he? Like if folk were paying forty five dollars a ticket and it was 
selling hundreds of thousands of tickets mm. and it still just made like kind of like a measly million I reckon if they were only just taking in like cinema run-ins of it yeah. and ignoring all these special events so like fucking hundreds of thousands of people have seen the film but yeah. if they went to the cinema themselves to see it like when we went and saw it do you think that got that one night got recorded in the UK box office who knows know. probably not I'm trying to remember the price I feel it was like about 7 quid it was or 14 pounds or something it was it was, was the price included the Q&A obviously aye uh, so two notes here for it um during filming, Kyle Golner that played Jared, he suffered a panic attack right. when he was tied to the cross and um, no one was aware and thought he was um, still acting yeah, like when they were filming. The whole film was shot in sequence. Oh, right. So it started off Aye. pretty much at the start. Right. And it wasn't like spliced together. The whole thing was filmed Aye. start to finish. And the other one was that uh, Sam Jackson was considered for the role of Joe Keenan. Ah, I could see it. Might have been interesting. For a second there, I thought you were going to say uh, like Samuel Jackson as Aben Cooper. And that I could also see that too. <sighs> I could, it could work. Now I'm trying to do like a black cast, but it's, I can't picture it. <laughs> If we don't do that with Tarantino season, like, two we tried to, like, remake yeah, there was, the cast, but, like... they done a... It was... they done things like live readings, and they actually just had a bunch of black characters doing Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> and it's like, I would have paid to see that. I would have paid to listen to that. Just, like, Sam Jackson, and I think it was... <coughs> fuck, I couldn't tell you the names now, but... And things like that only ever happened in America. Yeah. And shitty. Um, one star reviews feel free to visit filmsandswearing.com click on our Amazon link you can support the show by shopping on Amazon we would get a little commission from those sales so today there is a total of 69 reviews on Amazon for Red State and there's 8 one star reviews the most choice review I've chosen is from Vlad the emailed uh-huh. The title of Vlad's review is Mr. Trick. The review was very disappointed with this movie. There were few tense moments, but it quickly became tedious. The worst thing about the movie could have had one of the best endings ever, and he blew it big time. Some talking about the one, probably. Exactly, because that's it. You did not know what the fuck was about to happen. It was about to get biblical. And then it cut to a boardroom. So I could see why some folk were jarred. Especially Vlad, the emailed. Brilliant. Next time on the Films and Swearing Movie Podcast, it will be our Clerks 2 audio commentary. So, have a wee rick about your local charity shop to find Clerks 2 on DVD, because we're going to be covering that in depth on a feature-length audio commentary our Rocky Four commentary from the previous months. So, yeah. Other than that, social media at FAS Podcast. Best way to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. 
if there is any salacious photos from Magic Mike's stag do, I might put it on the Films and Swear on Instagram. Yeah. We will see. Well, by any chance, will it be the one with you injecting me with adrenaline? Aye, just a, like a me holding you by the hair, like, brought him back for the dead, lads. Fuck off and tune in next week. Can't try to skip out on Kevin Smith's season if I brought him back. <laughs> it's just you cross-eyed, bleeding for the mouth. <coughs> oh, that was worth it. Oh, okay, that is it. Second installment of our Kevin Smith season in the books. I have been your host Stuart Sutherland, and joining me tonight, Magic Mike Christie. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck off and tune in next week.